Ladies, gentlemen, geeks of all ages, you are now entering BJ Shea's Geek Nation. Welcome. Yes, welcome to BJ Shea's Geek Nation. I am the Reverend Enfuego. Across from me is Vicky Barcelona. Hello. The show's namesake, BJ Shea, is on assignment, probably watching The Mandalorian. And yeah. running the boards is Joey Dees. Hi. Hello. On today's show, I will talk with Gareth von Kallenbach about so many things, going from video games to movies to TV shows, you know, and that more. Also, we'll get to the geek sheet with Vicky B. Hi. Hi, Hi Vicky. How can people get a hold of us? Get a hold of us via our website, bjgeeknation.com. It's going to have our blogs, podcasts, and more. More. Or just search for BJ's Geek Nation on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Radio.com, and iTunes to find us. Exactly. And like I mentioned, uh, The Mandalorian Season 2 is out as of today. So if you're listening to this uh, on Friday, uh, the 30th of October, um, well, maybe you should uh, at least watch the first episode. Because, again, just like last year, uh, this is going to be weekly. So the first episode drops this week. The next episode will drop next week, and so on and so forth. So you don't get to binge it. But you do get to watch it. Which I'm very excited for. Oddly enough, I kind of don't mind. Yeah. Just because even with the boys, I know a lot of people were complaining, like, oh, why can't we just get it all at once? But mm-hmm. I feel like it builds. Yeah. It, it's some shows, it's I think they're worth binging. Like they should be binged. Mm-hmm. Other shows, I feel like it's okay if we take our time. And it's one of the interesting things with all of it is like uh like when it comes down to sitcoms. Or something like that, like a half-hour show. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm super happy and super fine with binging them. Yes. Like when it comes down to these, I want to be able to process them. And I didn't feel bad at all when the boys were uh, when it was. I mean, they did did drop the first three episodes, which was kind of nice because it kind of led into everything. But then after that, it was weekly, and it was nice because a you had something to look forward to, and b I felt myself paying more attention to those mm-hmm. shows and not just sitting there like playing on my phone and watching it in the background. So, super excited for The Mandalorian Season 2. We'll be talking about the first episode next week. So, everyone, your homework is to watch it. And uh, make sure and tell BJ that so uh, he remembers to watch that as well. So, actually, I think he was telling me that he just recently rewatched Season 1. And it was pretty quick because it's not that many episodes. No, no. It was like eight episodes. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think this one's going to be eight as well. Really, which really is, stoked. Which is fine. I mm-hmm. think that's perfect. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, we're going to be able to see uh, a lot of new characters, a lot of characters that are returning. So it'll be fun to see how this all plays out. I, I want to see more Bostonian in space. <laughs> <laughs> Bill Burr, please come back. More Bill Burr, please. Uh, moving on, we've got Gareth Von Kallenbach from Skewed and Reviewed. That is SKNR.net with a ton of information. Gareth Von Kallenbach joins us from Skewed and Reviewed. That is SKNR.net. And we normally talk about, you know, like uh, movie news and television news and video game news, but usually we focus on one subject. But like today, it seems that uh, everything is kind of mushing together, starting off with a big announcement uh, regarding Netflix and Assassin's Creed. Yeah, this one really came out of nowhere, but it's not entirely unsurprising. Um, Netflix has been moving toward doing some video game related series. We've already had the animated Castlevania. Of course, we know about The Witcher. There's um, some talk of some spinoffs to that. About a year or so ago, um, there was talk that The Division, which had had a uh, Jake Gyllenhaal-led movie, talked about apparently Mm -hmm. that's coming to Netflix as well. And we've been hearing that Netflix is moving into the video game game. market because the idea behind it is that we've talked in the past when you do these films as i've learned from people i know who direct these things 
you essentially get the name and not much else. There's a lot of really strict rules on what you can and can't use. That's why these things are so unrelated to the games in many ways. They don't look like the games, that sort of thing. You don't have that problem as much with streaming because they tend to have a little different setup. And so the announcement was there is a live-action Assassin's Creed and possibly other projects in the works. And Ubisoft essentially has their own film division kind of that they're working on, as some game companies do. And it'll be interesting because, as you know, they tried a cinematic version in the past. Did all right. Did <laughs> they do did. great. Yeah. It did better overseas, I believe, than it did here. And so it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, you talked about the Michael Fassbender movie that uh, I didn't bother to watch it because everyone kind of poo-pooed on it. But, I mean, it might be something worthwhile going back. And I feel like even with, like, television or movies, when it comes around video games, I've been burned so bad in the past, I'm talking to you, Super Mario Brothers, that I don't really have a whole lot of trust when it comes down to video game shows even so much that I haven't even really bothered with The Witcher, even though I know people really love that series. Yeah, and I think, it, like you said, it's a matter of trust. The biggest argument that I've heard about this one is there's a pessimism about Netflix not staying with shows. You know, people are saying, yes. I don't want to invest in this because, you know, they're going to cancel it and leave um, threads unresolved and that sort of thing. And my take is, you have to think that going in, a lot of this was already addressed because it was probably a situation of if the ratings are there, you know, we'll continue it. And I think especially with Assassin's Creed Valhalla coming very soon, you're going to have a renewed interest in the franchise. Not that there wasn't already big interest to begin with, but there'll be a bigger emphasis. And I think this is, uh, you know, it's just good timing. And um, you know, we'll have to see how it plays out, but at least you can say Netflix has not been doing these things on the cheap. They do put production <laughs> values behind it. Yeah. And I think, you know, let's say they do 8 to 10, 12 episodes to start the season. They'll be able to cover a lot more ground than trying to squeeze it into two hours or less. And oh, I yeah. think that'll help. I think that'll help. Yeah, I definitely understand that and get that. So here's looking forward to it. I'm really happy for that. Another thing that always kind of has me iffy on stuff out there is when they decide to reboot or remake something, and those are definitely two different key words, and I really want to know what's going on with Battlestar Galactica. Where are they going with this? Oh, my goodness. Oh, this is the million-dollar question. Now, you got to remember, I go back to the original show. I remember Richard Hatch trying to get his, Uh, (laughs) interpretation off the ground. There were comics. There was the disastrous for me, Galactica 1980, which, you know, wow, you know, super kids and all of that, which (laughs) was an absolute mess. Uh, There were some novels that worked well. And then, of course, we know the sci-fi series with, um, you know, great success, launched Katie Sackhoff. You had Edward James almost, and they saw that through to completion, although a lot of people were very mixed on the ending. So there's been talk with Peacock, uh, the NBC Universal Streaming Service, that they have a a new Battlestar Galactica series in the works. And, of course, everything is kind of under wraps. Is it a spinoff? Is it a retelling? So on and so forth. Well, while this is all going on, and they have said the series is still going on and this project is going to be unrelated to it, Hmm. Simon Kinberg, who producer, director, you might know him, he's done some work with Lucasfilm, Most notably, uh, in recent years, people would know him from doing things such as the new Fantastic Four, 
uh, X-Men Dark Phoenix producing some of the Marvel things at Fox before they were absorbed by uh, Disney. Hmm. And he apparently is going to write and produce a new cinematic version of Battlestar Galactica. Interesting. Now, when you said he was dealing with other stuff, like you named two uh, Fox Marvel movies that were not the best. Right. And you can understand why there is a lot of apprehension about this, because people are saying, yeah, I'm not too sure about this, especially with the new series in the works. And people have tried to say, well, let's not forget, you had Caprica, which is a spinoff of the original series. My take on that is right. But remember, Caprica didn't get the audience embraced and did not uh, run to essentially the planned conclusion. Um, Debatable. I mean, they did wrap it up, but, (laughs) you know, not where they wanted to go. And so my take is, all right, so what are you going to do here? Well, you have a new series. And on one hand, there's part of me that says, yeah, I don't know if you could do a retelling again already. So do you have to do a prequel or a spinoff? And you can, you know, hey, here's an idea. Why don't we talk about the original Cylon War? You know, that could be an interesting story. Yeah. You know, the, before the colonies were overthrown and blah, blah, blah. That could be a fun thing. And then you have this thing where you could say, well, you know, you, maybe you want to do something about uh, a new telling of Galactica finds Earth, but we're going to go from there and do it right and see the biggest problem i have with the movie concept is let's say you've got two and a half hours yes you're trying to set up future films you're going to have to introduce the story and continue it yeah Um, and you're going to be you know how do you do this without running into pitfalls you're going to have to say well, we're either going to assume that you've never seen Galactica before and retell the story, or we're going to assume you saw Galactica before and say, pretend all that didn't happen, look at this version of it, or slide from there. And, you know, it's like, are you going to take those movies that they used to do for the reimagined Galactica and make them, you know, the two-hour event movies? Well, you can't. You already resolved that story. So where are you left with? A spinoff starting over yet again, or to say, hey, we're going to jump in, Um, from one of these others and you know and it's so difficult because you can't go back to the original Galactica because you know so many of the cast have passed away absolutely yeah so so then you look at the remake well you know what you're getting into that problem again and then you go well let's start over and the question is why if you know do we really need another story about the colonies falling in the last battle star running off it's been told to us twice already that's a really good point on that. I mean, like, I, I, I know that we've seen, like, how many iterations of, you know, Spider-Man or Batman or any of that stuff. Eh, does Battlestar Galactica have that sort of, like, staying power in pop culture? And I, to be perfectly honest, I don't think so. But also, I wasn't a huge Battlestar Galactica fan through any of them. Yeah, and, you know, you can slide this so many ways. J, uh, JMS Straczynski had said... They had planned a theatrical version of Babylon 5, but he had the script all written out. But then the studio, the powers that be wanted all these different people cast. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they wanted more film-friendly stars. And he was like, no, this cast, the show worked because the cast worked. Bruce Boxleitner is Captain Sheridan. We're not going to go, <laughs> you know, grabbing Tom Cruise or whomever to be Captain Sheridan when the guys already had multiple seasons playing the role and playing it well. And yeah. see, that is another problem you run into. 
when you do these theatrical things, oh, you got to have a name. You can't have, you know, the TV actors <laughs> can't make the jump and carry films without a star. And yeah, there you have it. Exactly. Moving on to some other movie news. What's going on in the world of James Bond? Okay. So <laughs> as we know, uh, No Time to Die has been um, delayed again because of the world situation. No time to screen. Weeks, <laughs> yeah, yeah. A uh, couple weeks back, there was uh, talk that the studio MGM, now remember, they had already heavily promoted this. This was supposed to come out, uh, I believe, in April originally, mm-hmm. and then it's been pushed back, and then it was pushed back again. Then they shoved it to next year. Well, this is the most expensive Bond film ever made. And remember, because they had already started an extensive ad campaign of TV spots, movie spots, so on and so forth, before all this mess happened, they are already heavily invested in advertisement to it. So word has it that they attempted to shop it. The rumor we've heard was Netflix and Apple Plus to give it to a streaming service. Well, Again, here's the problem. We talk about the tenant story about when you've made a movie that's $250 million and factor in your advertising and publicity costs, word is they were asking for $600 million for the streaming rights. And get this, it was a one-year streaming right deal. So essentially, you get it for a year and after that. And essentially, they were like, yep, too rich for our blood. Yeah, I mean, that is is a massive investment and I, I just couldn't imagine something along those lines and then it would be like yeah after a year they're going to market it to be like remember this movie that you loved at home but now you can see it on the big screen and then they're I don't want to call it double dipping because they're just trying to recover their cost but it seems like a little a little short-sighted when they're uh, doing something along those lines and asking that much money from the streaming services. Right. And someone said, well, you know, they've got the money and blah, blah. I said, right. But look at it like this. $600 million is what you spend to get the streaming rights for a show like Friends or Big Bang Theory. And yes, I know it was probably a little more than that because uh, there have been, you know, vagaries with the numbers between 600 and $800 million, so on. You know, I'm not going to quibble over that. The point of the matter is this is what they pay for an established big show with multiple seasons to have multiple years of yeah to come to a movie and say hey we're taking you for one year cough up the coin it's not going to fly and the problem is mgm's in that they can't sit there and say all right fine give us 300 million dollars boom there you have it because they're going to lose money and then they're back to square one going well can we recoup this in a year and if you can theatrically release it Meanwhile, here's Marvel going, oh, well, we've got Black <laughs> Widow, The Eternals, and oh, yeah, Shang-Chi yeah, has luck. wrapped. <laughs> and uh, oh, yeah, we're already filming Spider-Man and all these others, so how, how about a little competition for you? And the one thing also, you were talking about like shows, like Friends or like Big Bang Theory or something along those lines. You have to imagine also, like, A, yeah, you're going to get people coming in to watch a Bond movie, but with those shows, they have multiple seasons, so there's going to be retention because people have to binge watch it, like, it, which would last more than a month theoretically. So if you're looking at that and that sort of thing in uh, James Bond, like a movie, a two-hour movie, there's going to be a lot of one-monthers that they'll be like, well, we'll get our free trial if you still haven't already had Netflix or something like that. You're not going to get new subscribers from that, or you're just going to get one month of new subscribers. And where's the cost-benefit on that? 
Exactly. And, you know, and here's a factor that nobody wants to talk about about this film. It has been widely known that Daniel Craig was ready to move on. There was a lot of talk that he did not want to even do this film, but he was contractually bound. I had heard stories that he was offered, I believe, in the neighborhood of $100 million to do two more Bond films. And Whoa. he said, no, i done. <laughs> and, oh, uh, you know, there was a lot of talk that he was essentially, as recently as the last film, done. Didn't want to do it, didn't yeah. want to move on. And so I wonder, you know, let's just say he has not been as embraced in the role as, say, obviously Sean Connery, Pierce Brosnan, Roger Moore, even though they had different interpretations of it. I wonder how many people are out there going, you know, you didn't, you're not exactly embracing this character as it is. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you're out here saying uh, you didn't want to do it. You didn't want to do it, allegedly. Why should I care? Yeah. No, I mean, it's a good point because, yeah, if uh, there's a, like even a perceived lack of enthusiasm, because I remember what you're talking about, because it was like right after the last one where he was like, well, I don't want to do it. And then he had to backtrack saying, well, right after you're done with doing something, you never want to do it again. And it always seemed a little I mean, we don't know either way, obviously. But, yeah, if you don't have that perceived enthusiasm, the people aren't going to really follow or they're going to note that as well. And maybe there's going to be less like people wanting to even watch this in that so that'll be interesting to see how this all turns out i don't i personally don't see it happening in a streaming service but you know stranger things have happened it's 2020 and i mean even going into that and moving on from that uh i got really excited because it's spooky time tomorrow's halloween and you've mentioned now i don't think it's going to come out for halloween but it got me stoked because creep show was one of my favorite movies both one and two back in the day and it looks like they're going animated with it now correct they have a special animated halloween uh production that's coming and yes i don't think they are going to quite make it we were sent a uh, screener of it i have not had a chance to see it yet but they've also said hey you know just understand this is not the final cut and so on and so forth and so I'm sitting here going, well, if Halloween is <laughs> tomorrow <laughs> yeah, right? and you don't have the final cut yet, unless some poor guy sitting in a room pulling an all-nighter with 12 cups of coffee, <laughs> you know, yeah, right. We're going to get this out, I swear to God. And I was like, I'm maybe and then not. I'm thinking, and then I think about the Simpsons, how, you know, remember, they are, in some years, they're contractually bound because they have the World Series and the baseball playoffs. Oh, yeah. So they opt not to show the Simpsons and their animated shows because obviously the games will be going on Sunday night. And there are some years where you do not get the Halloween special until like a week after Halloween. Yeah. And that's always funny, especially (laughs) in election years, where they have election jokes that you don't get to see until after the elections already happened. It's so so awkward. (laughs) Yes. Well, yeah, I mean, like looking at that, and that's the one thing that I really kind of love about, even like with like Creep Show or like animated stuff, I mean, you see a ton of horror movies and stuff that happen in February, uh, and you know, usually a lot of the times that's kind of a dumping ground for movies. But I feel that something like this might actually be worthwhile. Any point of the uh, of the year, it just—I mean, it's just unfortunate that it won't be around for at least this Halloween. Maybe next Halloween, though. Absolutely, and of course, they also have the regular show coming soon, and we've already been given yeah. a list of some of the interesting 
uh, people they are going to have on it. And uh, it's pretty impressive. We should have that posted and, uh, pretty soon. Excellent. And people want more information. It's really simple. They can get to SKNR.net. That is skewed and reviewed. A lot of information coming out there. And uh, thank you so much, Gareth, for uh, sticking uh, sticking around for me uh, for a little bit. No problem. Take care now. Thank you so much, Gareth. Again, Gareth von Kallenbach, skewed and reviewed, SKNR.net. And now it is time for The Geek Sheet with Vicky B. Vicky, what's going on? So. Uh-oh. <sighs> One thing I hear a lot from friends and family, like, oh, why don't you have a boyfriend? Or, oh, how are you still single? And the reason is <laughs> because I have a set goal, and that is to have a relationship like Morticia and Gomez Adams. Nice. Where they full-on love each other. That is my relationship goals, and I have not met somebody that meets Gomez Adams Yeah, you need level. someone with that pencil-thin mustache right? <laughs> and great dancing skills. And swords. All the swords. And swords. And swords. Uh, No. So the reason I bring this all up is because, I don't know if you guys have heard, Tim Burton is doing a live action Adam's Family reboot. Yes. Now, man, like I'm, (laughs) I I love Adam's Family and Adam's Family values. So the 90s movies. The 90s movies, yes. Which are phenomenal. Adore them. I haven't watched the latest animated ones. I did. Okay. There was one I think they've came out with. I don't know. I don't remember if they were going to make a second one or not. And yeah. it was really cute. It had uh, Oscar Isaac, Charlize Theron, um, the girl from Kick Ass, Cl- oh, Chloe. Oh, Chloe, Chloe Grace Moritz. Yes. Nice. Um, then uh, one of the kids from Stranger Things, I think it was Wolf. Oh, Wolf. Uh, Wolf. Uh, Finn Wolfhard. That one. I think that's uh, it. Got a freaking cool name. <laughs> Anywho, but they were all in it, and I bet I think Bette Miller, no, one of those awesome actresses uh, was also in it. Oh, and then Fester Adams was. Uh, oh, why am I blinking on names today? This is kind of fun. Big Mouth. Uh, he does a lot of voices. Nick Kroll. Nick Kroll. Thank you. Really? Yeah, he was Fester, okay. which is funny because he sounded now, like some of the characters in yeah, Big Mouth. Now I need to watch this. It is. It got poorly reviewed when we checked it out on Rotten Tomatoes, but mm-hmm. it was really fun and it had a really cool message because they were persecuted and being chased around because they're they're the weirdos. We need to attack them before they attack us. Wow. And then like it has a really cool, powerful message at the end and it was really cute. Anyways, highly recommend. But we are going to be getting a new series, live action. And one of the things that I've seen a lot of people post, two things. One, that it's going to be really, really hard to replace Gomez Adams. After, yes, Raul uh, Julia. Raul Julia. Yeah. He was... Phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, the other thing is, it's a series of pictures that have been sort of, um, just going around the internet for years now. And it's one of Christina Ricci, and is obviously who they photoshopped her head on a body as Morticia Adams. <laughs> a lot of people want her as Morticia Adams, which I don't hate. Yeah, see, that would, it's too much of a, uh, a disconnect in terms of her being Wednesday. Yes. Like, like, she still looks the same. Yeah. And I think that at that point in time, that. It would make more sense if she was not Morticia, but if she was Wednesday. If they decided and, to do. Yeah, and like pushed it forward 30 years and kind of kept along those same lines. Now, I don't know if Tim Burton did the original Adams Family, but, or the 90s movies, I, I mean. I think so. But um, let me check. Yeah, but I just feel that if like they could get Christina Ricci to be Wednesday Adams and just continue on the story. And they've done that plenty of times with other things. Like they should bring it back and it would just be in the two thousand in the twenty twenties and dealing with new weird problems, but have her as the matriarch. Sure, maybe still have Morticia and Gomez, but have them as 
I don't know, just like as like the grandmama sort of like mm-hmm. uh, uh, aspect of it. They're the elders of it. Maybe they don't live in that house anymore. I mean, Angelica anymore. Houston's still around. Yeah. And I mean, they or I mean, you know, they could address the fact that Raul Julia isn't there and not have to recast Gomez. But I mean, like they're probably are. That's I have a feeling that's probably not going to be the thing. Yeah. And it would make sense in those sort of terms. But I mean, they could do they can do so many different things with it. It would just be fun to see mm-hmm. different like you, I mean, because you can still have like Cousin It. And you can still have mm-hmm. Thing. You can still have Lurch. You can still have all of these these Christopher Lloyd. <laughs> yeah. Oh, if you can have Christopher Lloyd still as Uncle Fester, I would love that. I would love that with all of my heart. And it was it was a guy named Barry Sonnefeld who directed the film. Okay. Uh, he also did Men in Black, Wild Wild West, Men in Black Three. Oh, I loved Wild Wild West. No one else did, but that I, was fine. I did. I liked it too, but we were kids. Yeah. But ScreenRant.com came out with their list of their fan cast, basically, where they pick who they would like to see cast as all the members of the family. Okay. And let's see if we agree with these. All right. Uh, first one for Gomez Adams. I feel like uh, I like it, but I feel like he's too well known. Uh oh. Gomez Adams, Johnny Depp. Yeah, but here's the also deal. I think they went with that because it's the easy Tim Burton, Burton choice. Mm-hmm. Like he's done so many things. At that point, what are you going to do? Helena Bonham Carter as uh, Morticia. Morticia or Granny? I could see. I could see her as Grandmama. That yes. would actually be really funny. Um, I feel like yeah. I don't know. Do we get sober Johnny Depp though? Well, I mean, we're not going to see uh, Captain Jack Sparrow. Ah, like so. I don't think because he's not going to be really going along with Keith Richards. I just don't see, like, he's, like, unkempt, weird. Like, even, like, with all, all of his stuff, he doesn't seem like that put-together uh, Gomez-Adams type. And not anymore. I feel like if this movie was done 10, 15, even 20 years ago, sure. Mm-hmm. But I don't I don't think he can do it now. And a lot of people are wanting um, either Johnny Depp on the internet or the other one was Oscar Isaacs. The thing is, he yeah. was already the voice of Gomez in the animated series. So why not? <laughs> I mean, I don't hate it. I love Oscar Isaacs. And I think he he would have the nice flair. The other one I would really like, just because he kind of has that creepy vibe. Or maybe somebody in the family, uh, Rami Malek. Oh. That would be one of my yeah, favorites. Yeah, I, I could see that. Um, I mean, just to see him transform from like seeing him in Mr. Robot, seeing him in Bohemian Rhapsody. This guy's got some massive range. Uh, for Morticia Adams, this article picks, obviously, Christina Ricci. I did see another one floating around the internet that I like more. Ava or Eva Green? See, I don't know much about Eva Green. Eva Green. What was she in? She was in the second 300 movie. She was in Penny Dreadful, Miss Peregrine uh, Home oh, for yeah. Something Children. Um, she's one of those, like, naturally, she, you can put her in any outfit and she will still look goth just because of her, <laughs> her hair yeah. is like jet black. She's got those, like, like the pale complexion, just those features, but she's also pretty badass. Yeah. I'm trying, like, I swear that I've seen her in something, but I'm like looking at her list of Casino like. Casino Royale. No. Sin City. She was Ava in Sin City. <laughs> yeah. A game to kill for. Yeah, the the problem is that she reminds me a lot of uh the lady who played Hera in Thor Ragnarok. And I can't remember oh, her. Oh, Kate name. Blanchett? Yeah, she kind of looks like that. So mm. yeah, yeah, no. She looks great and yeah, like does have that goth sort of look on that. So I, I'm like, sure, why not? <laughs> I just haven't seen anything she's been in. And I know I should be watching Penny Dreadful. I remember that even Mark Ronner used to love that mo- uh, show. So I really should kind of get into that, too. Uh, one, like I'm seeing like a weird little ad on IMDb when I was looking her up. Uh, mm-hmm. I feel like she might be good, but I think I'd still see her as Jessica Jones. And that'd be uh, 
Kristen oh, Ritter. Oh, yeah. She could maybe do it. Yeah. And the other one that I just came up with, oh, why is it escaping my brain? <laughs> it went away when I thought of Kristen Ritter. Uh-oh. Uh, It'll come to you probably oh, in another oh, podcast. Yes. No, I know it. I know it. Uh, the bad witch teacher in Sabrina. Oh, yeah. I don't she, know who. I don't uh, know her at all. She was in Doctor Who. She was also, she's been in a few things, but she has, I think she had this famous quote where she's like, I have the face for witches and bitches. She has like the <laughs> perma, oh, you know, yeah. perma frown type face. Sabrina. No, I accidentally typed in Sabrina the Teenage Witch. That's not what I wanted. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people are saying Oscar Isaac for Gomez and Eva Green for uh, for Morticia. Now Her name's we- Michelle Gomez. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. All right. Like, look at that. And she's got those strong features, like yeah. a strong jaw, like or like kind of like Angelica Houston. Mm-hmm. She wasn't dainty. And she's already got Gomez in the title. I know she's right. going for uh, Morticia, but still. Hey. Right. Hey. <laughs> I would also, I mean, like moving past those two, I think the biggest ones uh, would be like Wednesday. If they're going to do something like and keep it as a little kid, I have no, no idea about ch- child casting. So I yeah. think that she would still have to be like. Uh, you know, maybe like a teenager, preteen. I would want like her to 14 be like 12, 15. 13, 14. Yeah. Uh, Pugsley should be younger. I feel like he should just be a 10-year-old that uh, is always getting, uh, well, even in like the movies, like always basically almost getting killed by his sister <laughs> all of the time. And the two actors, I don't really know who they are that they picked because they're just kind of unknown stars. Although if they did like a little bit older, maybe he's too old now. But who would have been really good would have been Dustin from Stranger Things. Oh, yeah. Again, like if he was yeah. a little younger, I think that's who I would have picked. Well, it's funny you say that because I was just looking at a site as well because I want to look up all this stuff. Uh, some people are saying Millie Bobby Brown as uh, Wednesday. She might be too old now, though. Yeah. I mean, she might be able to play younger, but... Well, this site also said they wanted Jonah Hill as Pugsley, so I yes. don't know how that's going to work out. Yes. So, <laughs> uh, Do you want to know who Screen Rant picked as uh, Uncle Fester? Yes. <laughs> this one's perfect. Uh-oh. Uh, it is Danny DeVito. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. I like you it. You know a lot. what? Uh, just have a little uh, have a little twist of uh, Frank Reynolds in there. And yeah. I think uh, you might actually have a little bit of fun with that. Uh, and Grandma, they picked Kathy Bates. Yeah. Honestly, I don't I don't see Angelica Houston doing it. Like I thought no, maybe yeah, Angelica Houston is Grandma, but she's kind of um She's subdued. She's subdued, but also I read like I was reading an interview where she's basically throwing shade at other older actresses. Oh, really? Like I think they're I forget which actresses it were. I think it was the mom who in if you ever saw the movie Silver Linings Playbooks, the, uh-huh. the lady who played the mom, she was in a movie of like older women who used to be cheerleaders or are cheerleading in like their nursing uh. homes or something. And so she threw shade in an interview. She's like, I really pick and choose my roles. Like I'm not gonna just do some cheerleader movie. <laughs> and totally threw shade. So I don't think she would do this as grandmama. That would be great. That would be funny if Kathy, she would Kathy Bates would be great yeah I would love Kathy Bates for that I mean in some way like Lurch you just get someone gigantic oh Doug Jones is what they said oh yeah oh I mean yeah you just put him in all sorts of uh, makeup and anything and, and, stilts, won't yeah. Yeah. and stilts he's just phenomenal in everything absolutely love well, Doug Jones let us send us a message uh, who you think should be in the new Adams Family series as well as uh, happy Halloween yeah it's happy Halloween bye guys and stay nerdy